Hello there. I can bring you in warm, or I can bring you in cold. Hello there, and welcome to the Mandalorian Review Podcast, part of nerdpodcast.com, where today we are going to review Season 3, Episode 5, or Chapter 21 of The Mandalorian, entitled The Pirate, which describes many of us back in the early 2000s, and Kazar. Hey, remember those days? Infect your computer for free, but download this Britney Spears song. What a game that was. This is indeed the deep dive into Chapter 21 of The Mandalorian. I'm Mark Asquith, one of your hosts and co-founder of nerdpodcast.com. And before I bring on my ever-present, effervescent co-host, I'm actually just going to tell you a little bit about the podcast network. Now, you might be listening to this if you've searched for things like The Mandalorian Review or whatever in your podcast app of choice, in which case, welcome. But if you're a long-time Spark of Rebellion fan, which is our weekly news podcast around all things Star Wars, then you'll be listening to this in your direct feed as we publish to both podcasts. So welcome wherever you are listening from. And Spark Rebellion, normal business, will be resumed following the completion of The Mandalorian Season 3, strapping for a ride. So without further ado, here is the Lasat with the Lasatas. It is Mr. Gary Ellett, looking fresh as always. Not that you can see him because you're listening to this, but let me describe him for you. Fresh. All right? That's how I get described a lot. Yeah. Fre- Probably fresh with a pH though, yeah? Yeah, of course. Yeah. All fresh and good. crisp. Yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm good. Thanks for the uh, Lasat themed intro. Like it. Mm. You've drifted topical. away from... Yeah, the, yeah topical, exactly. Not the Wookiee-esque intro that you normally... No. Yeah. I like it. Thanks. The Han that should remain solo. It is. <laughs> That's right. There's a lot of them. You could do a lot of all sorts. It's a big galaxy. Here yeah. like. So. A lot of humour in that galaxy. Not that we see much of it because of all the oppression <laughs> and the Imperial tactics. Nonetheless, we move on. <laughs> This is Season 3, Episode 5, Chapter 21. We're going to dig in in just a second. Um, but I've got to ask, what have you been doing this week, Star Wars? Don't say watching Mandalorian. Is that just as default anyway? Not allowed. Standard, isn't it? Standard. Um, have I done anything Star Warsy? No, is the answer to that. Oh. I've not done other than... Cracker. Other than... Um, Watched the Bad Batch, but I'm still I still need to watch the last two episodes of that. So oh. I'm ninety eight, ninety seven percent of the way through the Bad Batch, which I'm kind of enjoying. Weird, isn't and uh, one of our colleagues really likes the um, the last two episodes. So apparently, it's pretty good. Have you seen them? Yeah, I watched the last two, and we're going to do a full review of this over on Bad Batch Review Podcast as well, just to keep Nerd Podcast Network rocking and rolling. I, I have watched it. It's um, don't want to give it away. It's, it's interesting. It's sort of just I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it yet. Um, mm-hmm. But I finished it last night, and it did spur me on to to dive back into the Clone Wars. Not not really because of the story, but I think maybe because of the story a little bit. But um, 
also because of like what's happening with the Mandalorian, which we'll get to in a second. I want to watch the Clone Wars again and watch a bit of Rebels again. So it did spur me on to do that. Um, but next week, we're going to be doing something big in Star Wars. Yeah, we were at bloody Star Wars celebration. Oh, bloody hell. He'll tell yeah, you. That's going to be good. Do you know what? I've seen so many emails and Facebook posts and all sorts about this. I can't keep up with it, mate. Honestly, there's um, there's panels and lightning lanes and, and all sorts. So I think the best course of action is just turn up and take over. You know? I was thinking that yeah. myself. Because, like the scale of this thing is, is mental and I ain't bothered about like going into lotteries and queuing up for panels. Don't get me wrong. It'd be mint to go and watch like any announcements and do a panel with like Obi-Wan and a, so I'd love to do that. I would love, but I can't be bothered. Yeah. Same. I same. just want to go in and soak it all up. And then once we've got a bit of experience, when they do it again next time, whether wherever it is, we'll try and get out there and do it there. You know, get a bit of experience because it's our first one. Um, <laughs> But we've got some photo ops. And yeah, we have got some photo ops, haven't we? Apparently they don't take long to go down, you know, the queues, because they do different sessions. So that was good, because I was a bit worried about that. Hmm. So we'll that see. should be cool, dude. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you, actually, you mentioned briefly there, I was going to ask you if you think there will be any announcements of any sort, because yeah. Celebration is usually, outside of the leaks that you hear from, like, Disney earnings, earning calls and all that jazz, that's usually the place that those things happen. So do you reckon maybe an upcoming film, perhaps? I think we'll get a couple of bits of film news mm. and, and I think we'll get some show news as well. I think we'll get trailers. I think we'll get a trailer for maybe something like The Acolyte. Definitely a second Ahsoka trailer. Um, and, and I don't know, maybe another bit of news about Obi-Wan, you know, like a season two, if they're going to do that, it feels like a logical place to announce it. But I don't know. We'll see. I think there will be some announcements. But I'll say what I always say on this one. It's a little bit annoying like, because you want the announcements, don't get me wrong, and you're excited about them, but then they just cancel stuff. Disney, innit? Like, everything. Yeah. So I'm just, we'll just see. I'm just looking forward to going to soak up the atmosphere, man, and just being there and being around us. You know, it'll be, it'll be interesting. We've, we go there the day before as well, have a couple of drinks. Yeah. Trendy part of London. Some nice nice pubs, some free houses, whatever, whatever you want to call oh, them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, nice. And uh, at those panels... Normally you get people holding up signs, you know, I kiss the Wookiee and whatever, or I love you, you and whatever. We'll hold one up that says, we're taking everything with a pinch of salt. That's our our card we're holding up. I'm up for that. You set a bug of lugs. We'll take this with a pinch of salt. Get kicked out for that, maybe. Probably. Escorted out. Yep. Mm. But London right. day before. Sorry, mate. Yeah. Let's get up. No, no, no. I'm up, yeah. I'm up for it. No, yeah. Shoreditch, innit? Going down that, down that there, Shoreditch. That's my old home, you know? My old haunt. Used to live down there, mate. So get ready. Oh, bump into get some, ready. Old, some old ghosts. Yep. Show you around. <clears throat> get some skeletons out of the closet. <laughs> hey? But I'll oh, text him now. He'll tell Where you. Rue. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's bounced. He's probably married. We're good. <laughs> We're good. Should we talk Mandalorian? If you want. <laughs> right. Season three, episode five. <laughs> also known as chapter 21. The pirate. Here comes the very quick summary. All it is. You remember the pirate from episode one of season th five? See, we don't know. Yeah. Yep. Season three, even. You know, the yeah, the big grass head guy. He shows back up, doesn't he? He's not happy. He's not happy with Apollo Creed on Navarro, right? So he <laughs> he 
jumps into Navarro airspace and basically said, listen up, Apollo Creed. You're a bit of a wolf in sheep's clothing, you bugger lugs. I'm going to destroy this planet or you're going to give in. Give me what I want. If you don't, I'm going to batter you. And he's like, do you know what? You fight great, but I'm a... No, he's not allowed to say that, is he? So he basically thinks we've got no fighting capability because we're independent and we've got no gear to fight with, which is quite weird. So he gets all his crew, all the family members, team members, all the bar members, everyone down there, takes all the inhabitants of Navarro, which amount to about 18 people, takes them outside of the city walls. Remember the city from season one where the big showdown was? Takes them out there, gets a message out, gets a message out, begging the New Republic to help him out. All right, that gets taken up by Captain Teva, who we saw, shares a ship with Dave Filoni, right? He then nips that into Coruscant. He's like, I'm not going to let this go because I want to go help these guys, even though they've not signed up. I'm going to help them out because it might help them to understand that it'll be all right to be a part of the New Republic, even though they want to stay independent. But we've got to help them out anyway because we're not bugalugs. We're not the Empire, all right? Nips into Coruscant. The guy off all the TV shows that we've seen a thousand times, he goes, let's have a look then. He has a look. As he's having a look, he's thinking about helping him out. And Captain Teva's like, yeah, all right, we're getting there. Then she walks in uh, from last week with Pershing. Yeah. What's her name? Eva, Ely, whatever her name is. She comes in. She's like, yeah, but hear me out. I've been to Navarro with Moff Gideon, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. And they've not signed up to the New Republic, have they? And not paid the subs. So the New Republic turns the back. There's a little bit of back and forth, you know, are we the Empire, are we not? You're a bit of a, you know, bit of an Imperial monster, blah, 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 blah. Captain Teva gets back out to his outpost. And what does he do? He bumps into bloody Zeb from Rebels. Big old live action Zeb. And I was, I was shocked by this. And it is, it is Zeb, it's the same actor from Rebels. And he's like, look, I'm going to go and sort this out on my own. All right. So he does. Where does he go? Finds bloody Mando, doesn't he? Nips down to Mando with Children of the Watch. Children of the Watch say, oh, Paz Vizsla, sort this out. He goes out and says, you've got to leave, otherwise we're going to have to move and kill you. Mando says, I know this fella, and Apollo Creed's asked for help, so I'll ask you lot, how are we going to help him? He says, it's up to you lot. The other Mandos go, we're not sure. Paz Vizsla steps up, bait and switch. We all think he's going to say no, but he says yeah, because Mando and Bo-Katan have saved his kid when he was just going to let him die, wasn't he? Anyway, cue a big battle. They do. They go out. They go and help. Old Navarro. Apollo Creed lives by his word, stands up to his word, and gives them... You remember that plot of land that Mando got offered in Season 3, Episode 1? He gives them a bigger one and basically says, come and start Mandalore over here. Yeah? Come and start Mandalore over here. And they're like... Great, we've got a new home. This is brilliant. The armourer, she's back in the sewers like Splinter, takes Bo-Katan down to the old forge from the first season and basically says, look, we get it. You're not really a helmet person. We are. However, if we're going to thrive, we're going to have to meet in the middle. You whip your helmet off. We'll go out. We'll show everyone that this is cool, that we can all live together. Like, this is progress. Then your job is to go and get some others. Get some other Mandos. Doesn't matter the creed. Doesn't matter what they believe. We're all good. Oh, and I believe you saw that mythosaur. So let's crack on. 
And then right at the end, to no one's surprise whatsoever, Captain Teva's flying along on his X-Wing and in all the space possible runs into one tiny Lambda shuttle. The same guy that we've just seen on telly in all space runs into a small shuttle. It's been broken into, hasn't it? Bit of Beskar armour, bit of Beskar spear is there and it was only the bloody ship that took him off Gideon and he didn't make it to his prison, did he? It's like a Mandalorian might have broken him out. There's loads of dead bodies. Roll credits. Uh, that is it, mate. That is the episode. That is the episode. So what do you make of this? Like, let's do a quick, uh, a quick recap and a scoring, and then we'll dig into some of the specifics. <laughs> I like that, dude. Sometimes when you recap things, it's like, um, you know when you're in the pub and you're having a conversation with someone? And for some reason, which you can't explain, your ears get drawn to another person who's having a conversation, which is way more interesting than the one you're having. And then after a little while, you find out that other people are doing the same thing. And before you know it, that person's got like an audience that didn't, wasn't intended originally. That's what it's like sometimes when you recap. It's so cool. Oh, there we go. What can I say? Yeah. Magnetic. Yeah. There a lot go. of people say that. Yeah, you are. Yeah. You're Magnetic. Why? Because I repel from you. Get away. That's it, mate. Score, then. I would say I would give this... Um, I'd give this one an 8 out of 10 because I really like this one. I think this had a really good... I think it was a nice little stopgap mid-season to not really get bogged down with big Mandalore stuff, you know, not get bogged down with big, heavy exposition for anything else. We can do that in the next few episodes that lead up to the finale. I think this one was a really good, just mid-season, let's have a good old tear-up. Let's have a good old-fashioned bit of Star Wars-y tear-up with the pirates. And it was just really cool. It was um, it had a few Easter eggs in there. It had a, it was it was shot brilliantly. The whole thing looked like a, like it could qualify easily for a movie, a Star Wars film. Um, you know, when they're taking down the pirates in the ship and then on the Varro and the armor comes out and she gets her hands dirty as well with the old, the hammers and the axes and stuff. And it was really cool. Really, really good. So an eight out of 10 for me. And yeah, before we get onto the details, I just thought it was a really enjoyable, very cool bit of Star Wars, which we often get. We have a few episodes like that in each season, don't we? With the Mando. So yeah, I liked mm. it. What about you? Good man. Um, yeah, similar. I'm going to sort of go seven, I think, on this one. Similar reasons, but I think I feel like there's been a couple of these that have... Well, actually, no, I'm going to rephrase this. I feel like Mando isn't doing anything, and I feel like Grogu, Grogu isn't doing anything. And I, I just... I'm starting to feel maybe the symptoms of like this bigger universe going on, whereas certainly season one and most of season two, whilst they had massive cameos they didn't rely on them to progress the story. And whereas I think, and, and what I mean by that is they were very self-contained and told the Mandalorian's, Din Djarin's story, whereas this is telling the story of Mandalore and the Mandalorians. Uh, so it's, I don't know, I feel like it's just getting a bit big for itself. And I, I, I think for that reason that it, it just, I, I'm torn because I love it as Star Wars, but I'm scoring it as the Mandalorian. If that gotcha. makes sense. Yes. Like if it was sort yeah. of like, you know, is um, what's the way to phrase this? Like score all of the Star Wars stuff together 
this would be up there, you know, this like this episode or this arc or whatever. But it's starting to feel like the Clone Wars, starting to feel like Rebels in that it's it's it follows this one set of people, but intersperses other things. But those shows were able to have 15 to 20 episodes to tell the story. Whereas this has got eight mm. and it's maybe just degenerating it a little bit. So I, th I think then that's on that. That's been really critical. Um, so I'm going to sort of go seven on that, but certainly not a bad episode. A very good episode. Um, let's, let's dig into some of the specifics then. I, the first thing that I want to get to, cause there's all the Mandalore stuff. There's Moff Gideon. There's all that kind of good stuff. I want to get to, to start with though, the New Republic, because we've spent a lot of time with them now, with the Pers uh, Pershing and Elia Kane. Um, like, they're just, they're clearly going through the phase of, you know, government's government. Doesn't matter who they are, they just don't give a shit about the common person. Um, bureaucracy's bureaucracy. Um, the boss is the boss. And if you're either with us or you're against us. You know, not maybe not as clear as you're with us or against us, but you're with us and you get prioritized. And if you're not signed up to what we believe, then you're not getting the help. So mm -hmm. that that feels <laughs> it feels like there will be some separatists that want to take over Naboo again. Mm -hmm. You know, because of all this. So um yeah, what do you make of all that? Because I, I sort of like the idea of that. I think they're doing a good job of it. And it's echoing back to like, here are the mistakes of the Republic again. Like they didn't freaking learn. Mm -hmm. And that's quite an interesting story because it's clearly, clearly building up to the sequel trilogy with the cloning and what's happening to the Bad Batch and stuff. So um, what do you make of all that to start with? Yeah, I think it's a good, I think the Mandalorian's a good vehicle to do that as well. I think if you try and do that stuff with another film, or you try and do that, um, I don't know, in, you know, something else. I, I think that would be, there wouldn't be enough entertainment in that to, to do that just on its own. So it needs, much like some of the other earlier films within the saga that deal with with the political side of things, it's good to dip into that now and then and see what's going on. So I think I think doing it in The Mandalorian is good because it also aligns up with some of the other timelines that are going on, like you mentioned with The Bad Batch and whatnot. So yeah, I like it. I think it's a good, and it also shows that the uh, the the protection or the safety of the galaxy is not not assured. There's no guarantee that everything's going to be sort of the golden era almost, and everything's amazing and bright and shiny. Because although the empire has been disbanded and destroyed almost, this new republic is still there's still cracks there. There are still things that um, you know there's bad stuff going down and uh and i think to not show that because we had some of that stuff with andor we saw that it like the other end of the scale like before and all that you know so we saw uh that the empire even though that was extremely powerful throughout the galaxy and um oppressive and, and controlling there were still cracks there so it's i think it's a really good you make a good point that it highlights um it doesn't matter who is at the top of the table and what they represent, whether that's the empire or supposedly the goodies, the new Republic. There's, there's always this, yeah, we're the, we're the dudes at the top of the table. Everyone else just sorts of fall, you know, you fall in line and, and all that. So yeah, I, I think there's, 
although it sounds boring, I think there is definitely a place for po- politics in Star Wars. It just depends on how you how you frame that and interject it with a decent story like Mando. So I think it's done I think it's done really well. And that's um I think that's George Lucas's um uh influence pouring down through Filoni into these things because he was very much uh when he was working on the Clone Wars and, and all that, it was very much a, you know, George thinks we should do this and we should do that. And it's very important that we cover this base from a political standpoint and so on. So yeah, I like it, dude. And I think it sets up the overall picture moving forward as well. Yeah. Yeah, I agree, man. And it's, it's when you do go back and watch Rebels and the Clone Wars and all that sort of stuff, you, you realise that the common people in the galaxy, you, you can see why they'd be all right with the Empire until the Empire comes and does some bad stuff to their planet. You know, but if if you if you're Tatooine and you've largely been left alone and it's just oh, the Empire, the bosses now, like, don't get on the wrong side of them. But if you're, if you're just left alone, like day to day, nothing changes, you know, from the New Republic to the Old Republic to like, the Empire, you know, it, 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 it's just, it's just government, you know? So you can see why, you know, that story point of Navarro wanting to stay independent. And I think that's a, you know, the confederacy of independent systems, you know, the separatists. I think it's, it's very clear what, what they're trying to do with the Mandalorian to say that this... W- really, were the separatists the bad guys? You know, I'm not saying it's that explicit, but when you've got someone like Filoni saying it and, and when you've got someone like Filoni being the architect of it, you've got to think that probably un- they are, there are probably undertones of that thought process there. Um, because... That's why the prequels, regardless of what you think of them, like we said before in, in Spark of Rebellion, they get so much more attention than most of the eras right now. And not because of nostalgia, I don't think, but just because the seeds of, of, of the storyline are just so rich with the politics and the machinations of Palpatine. And, um, you know, that's why I went back to watch the Clone Wars. You know, some of the, the, the season six, some of the lost episodes are really, really good. You know, the, the Cypher DS episode is really, really good. And you, and you, um, when you start to consider that, you know, Palpatine had got Dooku to get Cypher Diaz to build an army so that he could then start a war where the Republic would need an army, but he'd already planted the chips to kill the Jedi. So you, like there's some, there's, there's almost that going on again with Mando and the Bad Batch and some of this other stuff that we're starting to see in that, okay, um, they're going to need clones but it's the empire that needs them this time, mm, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's a fascinating sort of setup. Um, Just remind me, dude, while we're on the subject of the <clears> politics <throat> stuff, whereabouts in the timeline does the first order start to creep into things? Well, because it's a good are, point. Are they, are they kind of in the early throes of setting up like, you know, they've registered with companies house. They've done all that. Yeah. 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 Done the uh, limited company. Yeah. yeah. Done are the directors they, meeting. Yeah. Have they done that at this point within the Mando timeline? Are they just sort of setting things up out on the outer reaches or whatever? They're probably further along. So I think it depends on the timeline of Mando. Because, you know, I, I think if you were to take everything that Dave Filoni, in particular John Favreau, have said, uh, the first season of Mandalorian starts five years after Return of the Jedi. And when you, when you bring all the comments that they've put together um, into one place, you could argue there's between between three and even 10 years that have passed in these three seasons. We don't know because it's not been clarified. 
Um, so yeah, the first order started um, almost immediately. It was at, during the aftermath books. Chuck Wendig, Ray Sloan, uh, Masameda died in the Battle of Jakku or got taken, I think he got taken into New Republic custody. Um, and they all bailed to the unknown regions um, yeah, to start yeah. the first order. So the first order's out there somewhere. You know, Kylo Ren is, is still probably between, depending on the timeline again, he's between five and 15, 16 years old, based on the age of Luke, we don't know. Um, so the, the first order's out there. You know, the, the, there are people, I don't think the Imperial Remnant in Moff Gideon is the Imperial Remnant. I think it is the early first order and he's just operating within the galaxy, whereas the rest of them are out there, which is interesting from Thought Throne's perspective, because is he involved? Is he not? Because he was, he's clearly gone back to the unknown regions or to the Chiss Ascendancy space or whatever. Um, mm. Yeah, so I'd there's agree. a lot of interesting stuff there, man. But yeah, the, the the first order is is out there, and it makes you wonder whether it's like they're clearly trying to tie Bad Batch and this to the sequel trilogy and try and retcon some of this Emperor cloning guff. Um, so it does make you wonder if it's like you know all the independent systems. You know they don't really give a shit about the Republic because again they've screwed us, and unless we sign up and become part of the Senate, we don't get a say. Oh look, there's another empire. Who really cares? You know, yeah, don't really care. Yeah, yeah. According to um, Wikipedia, the um, it's about twenty nine ABY. So where does Mando sit? That's probably uh, the Jedi. So it's not that far. It's not that far away where the first order starts to make itself public. I don't think. No, no. I think yeah. it's just that Mando timeline. We just don't know. Mm-hmm. Filoni said a lot that contradicts a lot of how it feels. Um, yeah, yeah, totally. So we'll just have to see on that one. Um, let's pick up a couple of bits then. So let's pick up um, Let's pick up some of the smaller bits to start with. So I think there's a lot of storylines potentially coming here. Um, so Captain Teaver, obviously, um, obviously being a bit of a ranger of the New Republic, you've got to think that's a little bit of a... Um, you know, maybe some of this ground would have been covered in that show as well. Um, I, I do believe that would have been the case. Um, what do you make of the the Zeb intro and the like? If you were like me, I was like, "Is that Zeb?" And then I was like, "Yeah, it's got to be Zeb. They're not just going to put another Lasat <laughs> in for no reason. It's got to be Zeb." And sure enough, it is. Yeah. Um, it was pretty badass, man. <laughs> it was very unexpected. It was, wasn't it? At first, I thought um, it was just a, a, a Lasat. I thought it was just some, yeah. It wasn't Zeb, basically. But then I thought, hmm, why would you go to the effort and money of animating a character like that just to use him for like you know, twenty seconds or whatever? So he must pop up again. That's um, I'm sure you thought the same, but that must be a precursor to him popping up in another, popping up in another, you know, Star Wars, Ahsoka, whatever it might be. But yeah, I was. It was great to see him because before I saw him, and before we even expected him to pop up anywhere, I always wondered how they would, how he would look in a live action series. I always wondered that, like, would he look atrociously bad, um, or would they do that fairly well? And to be honest with you, he actually looks really good. I, mean, I know that we mentioned it way back in uh, a few weeks back now in episode one, where we said these pirates and. The, the CG and the makeup, it looks a little bit too clean and it looks too good almost. I think for somebody like that, that's a good thing because you have to nail that because um, one of the reasons why you connected with those characters emotionally in Rebels is because they were animated so well. 
and um, and the voice uh, the voice acting and so on was so good. So to translate that to live action, it has to work really well. And um, as you mentioned earlier, it's the same the same voice actor. Was it Steve Blum? I think. And uh, yeah, so I, it was really cool to see him. And I'm I'm pretty sure as you are that it's just a little a little intro to seeing a lot more of him coming up. Yeah, did you like seeing him? Yeah, I was the same. I went through that. Oh, that's a cool little Easter egg, and then thought, hang about, that's some money because that looked like it was a practical suit. Mm. Just and I mean, there's been a lot of practical suits in this. I must say, the effects in this season seem to have just pushed up a gear. Um, like you said, it feels movie quality, but every they've hit a real balance with this. It feels very Star Wars. Like there's a lot, a lot more, or it feels like there's a lot more practical effects this season. Um, and it just, that feels very Star Wars. So yeah, I, I thought the same. I was like, they can't just spend all that money for one appearance. No bloody chance at all. Um, so I've got to think that this is, this is a precursor, you know, it, it, there's going to be a reunion. So, which actually leads me then to the next question before we get to the whole Mandalorian thing and discuss that. Let's skip right to the end. Moff Gideon's clearly been bailed out. We knew that was good. It was. I think this has been like the shabbiest bit of writing across all the Mando. Like, oh no, Moff Gideon never made it. You know, just let's just. You'd have been better off in the first episode just going. Guess what? Gideon got out. Rather than trying to build up this. Ooh, there's a Lambda shuttle. Who's in that? Like, come on. Um, <laughs> I think that's just been a little bit like trite, but. Um, <laughs> Was, there's a couple of interesting things about that. The first one is, we don't use any Imperial tech anymore. Oh, except those Lambda-class shuttles. We'll use those for prisoners. That didn't feel, that felt weird. You know, that's only a little point. You know, the Republic are like, no, we don't use any of that Pershing. Not allowed. Apart from this mind flare, yeah, keep that one. And then let's keep the Lambda shuttles. It just, that all felt a bit off. Um, but regardless, we know Gideon's gone. The Beska... Either a setup or not, we don't know. It might just be, oh, let's use some Beskar and pretend it's a Mandalorian. Um, or it is a Mandalorian. So what's your bet, dude? Who has broken out Moff Gideon? Hmm. It's hard to say at this point because the only stuff that we've seen... The only stuff that we've seen in terms of the Cluedo question, you know, was it the Mando in the ship with the Beskar? You know, it's that kind of, you know, sets that trail up of, of detective mode. We haven't seen anything that would point the finger. We haven't seen any, because it's concentrated so much on bringing factions together and tribes together and trying to, that, that seems to be the, the overarching narrative is let's, let's unite all the Mandos to build a new Mandalore and all that stuff it almost makes you forget what's happened in the last two. So the the only thing that I that popped into my head when I saw that was is that the two is that the two dudes that were with Bo Katan back in season is it one or two? Remember one of them was played by a WWE wrestler. What was her name? Uh, you know who I mean though. There was those two I know who you mean. Yeah. They looked a little bit shifty all the time they looked a little bit like rebellious and yeah so i think out of all the it's i don't think it's anybody from from the children of the watch i think they're all in a good place you know at the minute they're all getting themselves sorted out 
So, um, yeah, I think it might be the other dudes that Bo-Katan was knocking about with prior. It's the only ones that really you could say, well, those guys want to go off and do their own thing. They don't want to, they don't want to get involved in what's going on with Mando and, and all that. So, uh, I don't know. And the other thing is it could be a, it could be a setup. It could be a, it could be that somebody knows that Mandalore is getting back on its feet. So in order to squash that, we're going to set them up and then we'll get the, the get the new Republic or whoever to go and, and, and sort them out for free Moff Gideon, the Moff bag. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? And I, I agree with all that, dude. I think it's, it, it's either, it could be a setup. It could be um, those two. It could be Bo-Katan in some sort of weird dark saber revenge thing. Um, mm, yeah, that's a good point. It, yeah. It could be, but then he carried out the purge. So maybe she's just wanting to get, you know, it's Bo-Katan. She, it would not be off the realm of possibility if she was like, I want to get him. I want him. I want to kill him. You know, screw the Republic. I'm getting him. I can't see him working together. Um, mm. The other thought that I had was Sabine because her and Ahsoka are hunting Thrawn and he may have some, linked to that but then would Sabine kill the New Republic officers and why would Ahsoka not just go I'm a Jedi can I go and question him in prison um, the other thought that I had was the Mandalorians were the ones defending the New Republic and trying to stop the escape and that's how the Beskar got thrown in there and someone else has broken him out so that might be again another bit of a bait and a switch but yeah maybe yeah um <clears throat> I just hope he's got a decent story. I hope it's not just, oh, bad guy, same bad guy. <laughs> you know, what? I just, I want to see a good story with that. And I, it's, I just please want it to link to Grogu because that poor little guy in five episodes has done absolutely <laughs> nothing. He has done sodo, has he? Which is really surprising, nothing. you know. It's really surprising that they've left it this long to do anything with him. Um... And I can't, and in all honesty, I can't really see where they're going to go with it for the next four episodes. Is it four episodes got left? Three, four? I can't mm-hmm. see, oh, un- unless unless um, Gideon is still, uh, has still got his mission to do. So he's obviously employed by somebody to do something to do with Grogu, whether that's the cloning thing or something, you know, a bit a bigger plan. So whether he still has that mission to complete, like you said, that would involve going after Grogu, which by proxy would involve Mando anyway. So maybe it's um, maybe it's something to do with that. And that's how they would sort of build up to the finale of the season where uh, Gideon's on the on the hunt for Grogu via way of Mando, etc. Uh, and we're going to see something big happen with him. But at the moment, he's just an extra, really. A few little cameos. That's all he is, just a glorified a glorified extra at the minute. It's true, isn't it? It is weird. It's, this has been Bo-Katan's story and the rest of Mandalore's story and the rest of the Republic's story. It's not been the Mandalorian, Din Djarin. It's not been, you know, we, the redemption was done in like two episodes. You know? So I know that the Mandalorian is about the Mandalorians, but I just, mm. I don't want this... And I hope it doesn't because it's Favreau and Filoni, but I don't want this to fall into the trap of so many other promising shows. You know, here's looking at you, Lost. Here's looking at you, 
uh, things like Supernatural and even like things like Jericho and Flash Forward and those old school ones that had such mega potential and then just sort of forgot what they were doing. Like, you know, what's the, what is the story that we're trying to tell? Um, yeah, that's a good shout, mate. So yeah. he is hoping on that, man. I, I really hope that's not the case. I really hope that's not the case. But I just, I do, I do worry they're trying to do too much. And I, I don't know whether it is because they cancelled like Range of the New Republic and it's sort of a, right, okay, well, we've got to tell this, or we want to tell this story. Shall we, shall we get it in here or, mm. you know? Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be so bad if the, um, it wouldn't be so bad if the brakes weren't hit as hard on Grogu's story. Because he, because he was such a massive, important thing in the first season... Um, and then all of a sudden it's just like, yeah, who's Grogu? It's like a massive 180 on that character. If, if they'd have planned the story out and looked across, uh, it's difficult to say, isn't it? In hindsight, if you're, um, if, if you're writing a TV show and you're writing X amount of episodes or seasons ahead, then it might be easier. You know, they could have built Grogu up a bit of a slower burn for that character so that by the time we get here, viewers might still be a little bit so is Grogu this is he not is he important is he not there's still that journey for him to go on but because they just went full whack with him straight away being this most important thing in the galaxy you know absolutely the empire or whoever cannot get their hands on him and then all of a sudden you cut to season three and Mando's just strolling through the market with him for the world to see and everything it's like yeah I don't know they just seem to have pumped the brakes really hard on his progression so yeah it's a bit of a a 180 on that yeah that's a good point mate and and it makes you wonder you know whether those episodes of book of boba fett were intended for season three were we still was it still covid production times at that point or not not sure don't know but yeah, not sure. Maybe it, it just been. makes you wonder whether they were like, do you know what? Let's, if we get this in here, make that a little bit of a longer season. Let's, and we got a bit more room then to do this other Mandalorian stuff in Mando. I'm not saying that is the case, but it just, I suppose when you think about this as a whole, you know, what, they got battered for that. And, <laughs> and, and arguably rightly so. I get it. You know, why bother doing that? Oh, because that was a big, big story point. A big story point. If you'd not watched Book of Boba Fett, you would not be able to watch Mando and get the full enjoyment out of it. You get the recap at the beginning, but that's all like, what the fuck? Are you kidding me? You know? What, imagine <laughs> you buy that on DVD and you're like, what? I've got to buy that other series. You can absolutely eat shit. You're like, there's no way that I'm doing that. <laughs> so it just... Yeah. You know what I mean? And so there's something not fully right with that that doesn't feel right. It fe- I'll tell you what it feels a bit like. It feels a bit like studio intervention. You know? It feels a bit, oh, yeah, but we want you to do this. You know, you know, they didn't like this, so I'll do this. You know, and again, I don't know if there's any, any truth to that, but it does feel like they've just had a little bit of a... Let's tighten the nuts a little bit as the studio. Yeah, you're probably right on that. Because you, you see that, or you hear of that, should I say, all the time 
when you you watch something and then you see an interview with one of the actors or the producer months or years later and it's like why didn't you do this well we had some guy come in who said we should do this because that would be really awesome and we disagreed but then they said "Mm, who's giving you the money yeah who's giving you this you do as you're told so you might be right buddy it might be a case of someone come down with a rule book yeah who's in charge here me get a new rule book could be that probably right could be because Kath after all here she is. Here we go. She gets everything. She said she'd be wearing a pink... Oh, for fuck. Oh, fuck. So I'm going to blind it. Mm. Right. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I feel like... It's feeling like a quite a short episode this week, which is weird because even though it was a busy episode, actually not that much happened to talk about. It was just a very straightforward episode, if that makes sense. Um, yes. Yeah. for me I just want them to get on with it now like I I just want them to tell whatever story they want to tell and just get to it now rather than setting things up I don't want Mm -hmm. it to be another Force Awakens or Last Jedi and nothing get paid off so I just want them to get to it I just hope the last three episodes are more I don't want to say cohesive because nothing's been incoherent but more focused yeah, and, and if there is a point of like Elijah Kane and Pershing and the New Republic, and she's clearly got something to do with Gideon, and if there is something going on and there's Captain Tavor over there and there's the Mandos and whatever, if there's if there's a red thread that goes through the lot of them, just start to pull it in a little bit for me. I think that's the that's that's my hope for the rest of this season. Yeah, and that needs to happen like now, doesn't it? Because if we have another episode where we just see Mando and Bo-Katan go off on a planet because the armor has said, oh, by the way, I've just seen this thing that I forgot earlier. In order for us to all get along and rebuild Mandalore, there's this secret rock. It's like a crystal almost. And we need to go and get it and drill a hole in it. And then we can all, uh, you know, pray to it and do that. Go and find it and then come back. If we have another episode where that stuff goes on then they're really going to have to squeeze towards the end of this, the series. So yeah, I agree, dude. And, um, uh, the, 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 that woman's clearly working for Gideon, right? We're probably going to see a scene where we're going to see her. We're like, you know, having a hollow, hollow chat with Gideon, you know, somewhere because he's pulling the strings and whatnot, but we just need to kick it up a gear. Don't we? So what, while I really like this episode more so because I think I just really enjoyed it when it all got messy when the Mandos turned up on Navarro, the big ships with the, the the spaceships and the battles in the streets of Navarro, that was awesome. That was very cool. It still doesn't detract that we, we're still no further ahead with things like Gideon, Grogu, Darksaber, Mandalore. So yeah, completely agree, buddy. We need to kick it up a gear. We do, we do. We still don't know. We sent those TIE fighters, do we, to uh, Bo-Katan's house. Could be yes. Gideon out there from a couple of episodes ago. Yeah. shall see alright let's stick a pin in it which is weird to say because we're running we're running a lot shorter than normal but I do think it's just because of the nature of this episode so let's stick a pin in it for this episode of The Mandalorian chapter 21 The Pirate Always good to chat. Next week, we don't know quite what we're going to be doing yet. We're on site at Star Wars Celebration 
next week. So Gaz and I will chat off air about exactly what we're going to do. But rest assured, we will be reviewing the remaining episodes of The Mandalorian Season 3 here on The Mandalorian Review Podcast. And you can listen to this in your podcast app of choice. And also... If you're a long-term subscriber of Spark of Rebellion, our weekly Star Wars news podcast, you can listen in that feed as well. So big shout out to all of our big fans over there, Pascal and Denise, and everyone else that joins us every single week. It's always a pleasure just to go through some Star Wars goodness. We'll be back to the news after this particular season has wrapped up. And if you're at Star Wars Celebration, hit us up at rebellion underscore spark. Let us know where you are and we'll get a beer or whatever you want gin and tonic you know different drinks different needs so we will see you there if you are there Gazla see you next week yes indeed yeah thank you very much and talking to our patrons thank you very much to Kev as well he's always uh, 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 a good chap he's always prodding me to, to re-watch stuff he's he's on it immediately he's like guys have you seen Bad Batch or Amanda I'm like no just give me a minute He's like, go and watch it. It's brilliant. So, yeah, and our other patrons, thank you very much to you guys for your continued support. And, yeah, we'll let you know what we're going, what's going on for Celebration next week. We'll do something. We'll, we'll either do something in the week or we'll, we'll live something podcasty thing there. It's all good. So, until then, and for the next episode of the Mandalorian Review Podcast, take care of yourself and may the Force be with you always. <laughs>